as he said, my name is Brother Matt Solis. Uh, that's my wife over there, my wife Erin, my son Nemo, Zeke, Isaiah, and where is Maddie? Oh, she went downstairs. Okay, well, she's always sitting somewhere. She, she'll go and sit. Will she sit beside you? Okay. She'll pick somebody to sit by. And I mean, it, usually when I'm introducing uh, my family, I'm having to go uh, there, 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 and uh, just to introduce them. Well, like the pastor was saying, uh, I don't think it was no accident that me and my family are here today. Matter of fact, I know it's not. It, it's just not. Uh, we have a mighty God, an awesome God, a supernatural God. Amen. And uh, he's shown that to us, me and my family. And uh, just to give you a little idea of what we do, uh, like the pastor said, uh, we're the ones that drive the blue Suburban that says Our Jesus Journey on it. And you may have seen it around town. You may have seen it in another town, but that's us. <laughs> we're those strange people that are driving that big old truck. And uh, if you haven't noticed, there is a campsite behind your church. Uh, me and my family, uh, generally, when we go to a uh, church and we're visiting, uh, we usually stay in a church parsonage or in a church basement or in a closet somewhere in the church <laughs> or we camp out. We go and, and we stay wherever God wants us to stay. Uh, our ministry, a little bit about our ministry. Like I said, we travel all over the country. You can look at that backboard back there. Uh, it'll have the places that we've been through central uh, Midwest, uh, along the Gulf Coast, up the East Coast. And, uh, but we go to a lot of churches everywhere. Generally, we'll go to churches that are usually smaller they have a few people in them, and they may be a little bit spiritually, like the pastor was saying, spiritually depressed. And, of course, we run into pastors that need encouragement. And we'll go into a church, and God has a way of just leading us to church after church after church. And he'll lead us to a church that needs spiritual encouragement. We'll go into a church with not too many people, and we'll go out in the community, we'll pass out flyers, brochures, we'll pray over people, and then we'll invite those people back to the church that we're visiting. We encourage church members where we visit to get out in the community and go with us and talk to people. And then we lift up pastors. I have pastors that call me from all over the country, and we'll sit and we'll pray. I have one pastor, they know when I get a phone call from Todd Olson, uh, it's going to at least be an hour. It's like, Dad, you know, just leave him alone. He's talking to Pastor Todd, and he'll be there for an hour. But uh, this is the ministry that God has laid on the hands of me and my family. And we have a sending church. This church is in Lubbock, Texas. It's called Highland Baptist Church. It's a really large church. We're from... Uh, the Panhandle in Texas, Lubbock, Texas. There is a church on every corner in Lubbock, two or three churches. We in Lubbock, Texas, we are spoiled with church. Matter of fact, the gospel, I mean, everybody goes to church. 
It's a little bit different. It's a different atmosphere. Our church probably has about 300, 400, maybe more people in it on a Sunday morning. We have Monday morning Bible study. There's about 20 or 30 uh, elderly people that go in there on Mondays. We have Wednesdays. We're saturated with church. But it's interesting because, you see, we take it for granted over there. We really do. When you come out here to the Midwest or if you go out on the East Coast, it's a little bit different. I won't go into all the details because I, I, I wrote out an outline of what it is I want to talk about this morning. And generally, I never write out an outline. I'll tell you what, uh, that's just something I don't do because I know me, my family knows me, and they know that when I get up here and I start talking, that it's just going to totally change. And it always does. It always does. And you'll have to forgive me, too, because last night I had allergies. And I just about, I mean, it's like allergies affect me a little bit differently. It affects me. I'll forget where I'm at or where, who I'm talking to. I mean, I'll just, I mean, it's just like, it's horrible. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably forget all my notes. So if you see, see me stumble, it's because I don't ever use an outline. <laughs> but that's just a little bit of what we do. What we do is we go, God has made us to be an encouragement. And we live 100% by faith. What that means is, is that we have a sending church, but we're sponsored by nobody. Now, it, it would be a big deal if it was just me and my wife on the road, traveling and living by faith. But it's me and my wife and our four kids and a dog. <laughs> if you go by the campsite, yes, you will see a dog, and that dog has its own story. There's no doubt about it. God has made her to go with us. My wife may not feel that way, but she, is, she has been there. And I used to tell people it was bear food uh, when we were in the, the Midwest. I, was, I had this one gentleman. He told me, he goes, hey, Matt, he goes, you're telling me you brought that dog so it could be bear food? And he goes, can you outrun that dog? And I was like, no. He goes, guess what? You're the bear food. <laughs> okay, I would like to start by reading Romans. If you would, go to your Bibles, read Romans chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 12 and verse 13. This is a supporting scripture that me and my family use while we're on the road. This is something that God... Uh, gave us to use. Uh, it's kind of like our, our theme scripture for us. It says, that is, excuse me, verse 11 and 12. For I want very much to see you so that, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. You know, brothers and sisters, I don't think we realize how important it is for us to encourage one another. Encouragement. I mean, you just heard the pastor tell about depression and how it affects not only the church body, but our pastors. Our pastors need our encouragement. They need our prayers. We need to lift our pastors up. This morning's message, uh, I'll be touching on a few topics. Like I said, if I don't get to all these topics, I'm sorry. 
I like to throw in some of the stories that we have on the road because it makes it very real. First topic will be our Bibles, why they're so important. Our mission field, what is our mission field? The church, the reason for the church. Our relationship with God and prayer. If you would please, let's, let's pray before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we approach you in prayer through your Son, Jesus. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come and see my brothers and sisters here in Henrietta, Father, in New York. It is such a privilege, Father, that you've given me and my family to do what we do, Father. I pray that you just remove uh, my thoughts, my feelings, everything that is of me, Father, and that you just fill me with the Holy Spirit, Father, and that you just get your message to the hearts and minds of the brothers and sisters here, Father. We thank you, Father, for this beautiful day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Like I said, first thing I want to talk about is our Bibles. It's God's Word, the Holy Bible, written by men who were inspired by God. It was God-breathed. There is no other book on the planet like our Bibles. No other book can be said that it was written by God, given to us by Him. If you would, please, go to Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 12. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. When you get there, just say amen, and I'll start reading. That's what we do in Texas. And I don't know if they do that up here. But, you know, it's, it's a Texas thing, I guess. Uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, when I think about that, it just shocks me. What other book anywhere could ever say that is able to separate flesh from spirit, from soul and spirit? What other book could possibly read and discern the thoughts of our hearts? There is no other book ever written that could be said, that that could be said about. No other book. Now, I want you to think about something. I want you to think for a second of a loved one that may have passed. Maybe a spouse. Maybe a, a, a family member. And, and you know they're in heaven, but there's still some questions that you may have. And you may be like, you know what, God, I, I, I just didn't get, uh, you know, we may have had problems. And, you know, I never got those answers, you know, and you have these thoughts. Well, let me, let me, this is just an example. What if one day they're gone? 
And all of a sudden, you see this letter, maybe in the kitchen table or something. And it's from the loved one that passed, maybe a year or two, several years ago. And it just shows up on the kitchen counter. And it's from this person that you just loved. And they loved you. And inside this letter are the answers to questions maybe that you never got to answer, that the answer from, from them. Maybe in that letter they tell you those last thoughts they may have had or how they loved you. And it's in this letter. But you never opened it. You never opened up that letter from this person that you loved so much and that loved you. You just let it sit there. Brothers and sisters, our Bibles are much like that letter. Brothers and sisters, if this is true, and if this is the inspired Word of God, why aren't more people reading it? Why aren't more Christians reading their Bibles? Everything that Christianity is based on comes from the Bible, or supposed to. There's a lot that's not. But everything comes from here. Our doctrine, our beliefs, our instructions. You see, if we can get into our Bibles, God gives us all those answers that we, that we may have. It's direction. It's counsel. He tells us here in these Bibles how much He loved us. And what He did for us. In the Bible is the mystery of God. That's what it calls it. The mystery of God. Which leads me to my next question. And it's extremely important, brothers and sisters. What is the gospel? Some people might say the gospel is the good news. And that is true. There's no doubt about it. The gospel is the good news. That is the definition of the word, the gospel, the good news. But what is this, what is this good news? What is the gospel? After all, it's this good news, it's this gospel that God has told us to go and share with everybody in the world. With everyone. Now, how do we share this gospel? How do we share it if we can't explain it? And if we can't explain it, how can we claim to be saved by it? I know that may seem a little bit harsh, but it's very true. Each one of us is to share the gospel with the world, with everybody. We were in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and we were listening to the radio, and a, a preacher, a pastor was on the radio, and uh, the, the, the person asked him, what is the gospel? And this preacher, this pastor began to say, oh, the gospel uh, is, is God's kingdom 
there's a whole lot to be explained about the gospel, and it's, it would take a long time to explain. I was in shock. I was like, oh my gosh. This is a pastor. This is a preacher. He's saying that the gospel is God's kingdom, and that it would take so long to explain what the gospel was. Let, let, let me simplify this really quick, okay? Because all of us as Christians need to know what the gospel is. I was guilty of it. I mean, I, to be honest with you, when I first went to church and they'd be like, well, what is the gospel? I kind of stumbled on the question. Well, let me, let, me, let me just make it real simple, real quick. The gospel. It's God's undeserving righteousness, grace, and mercy. The forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ. It's reconciliation with God. This is the gospel. The mystery of the Bible is Jesus Christ. This is the mystery that, that is, is, is right here in the inspired word of God. And so many people out there miss this mystery. They don't understand it. To them, it's foolishness, is what the Bible says. To them, reconciliation with God, the forgiveness of sins, the casting of your sins from as far as the east is from the west. That sounds crazy to the people of this world. But for us who believe, it is not crazy. It is salvation. This is salvation. The mystery of God revealed, which is Jesus Christ. And there is no other way. There is no other way for salvation. Many religions out there will teach you that there is another way to get to heaven. There is no other way. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Joseph Smith. The Bible, John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one way to the Father, isn't there? That's Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. The mystery of God revealed our Lord. Now, now that we know what the gospel is, what is our mission field? What is it that we're supposed to be doing as Christians? Our mission field. Is the mission field the church? Somebody might say, well, uh, preacher, I go to church and I serve the church at the church uh, once a week, or I go twice a week, or I go three times a week and I serve. I I mow the lawn, I fix the plumbing, I paint the walls, I clean the carpet, I, I, uh, I do all these things at the church. And as you should. See, because our pastors, our elders in the church are to remain in the Word. They're to remain in prayer. Their focus should be on God's Word so He can fill you. But is this, is this our mission field? Is, is the church building our mission field? No, it's not. Go with me to Matthew. And everybody knows the scripture, but we're going to read it. Matthew 28, verses 19 and verses 20. And I know this is the Great Commission. And I know we probably all know this by heart. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, 
them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the commands I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always until the conclusion of the system of things. Brothers and sisters, we are to get out from these walls. Our mission field is not the church. Our mission field is out there in the world to share the gospel, God's word, with people of this world outside of the church. And I know what some are saying. Some are saying, well, preacher, we don't have the time or the money to go and travel across overseas and, and go to a mission overseas. Or maybe, uh, preacher, you, we're just not called to do what you're doing and, and go out and, and preach and, and, and go all around. That's not what we're all called to do. Each one of us, it's like your job. How many of you here work the same job? Maybe one or two of you do. I don't know, maybe a lot of you do. I don't know, maybe. But we have been strategically placed. Each one of us has been strategically placed somewhere so that we can share the good news with somebody. You know, there's one thing I know about work, about a workplace is that there's some people out there in the workplace that will just, I mean, forget the expression, they'll throw up. They'll just throw up their problems, and they'll, they'll, they'll just sit here and they'll tell you, you know what happened, you know what my husband did the other day, or you know what my wife did the other day, or you know what my kids are doing, it's driving me crazy. You know, and they'll sit there and they'll, they'll talk to you about their problems. This is a perfect example, a perfect place where you can just inject Jesus. You can give them the hope that is in you. You can give them the reason why you have, at times, peace. As Christians, we still have problems. But we can direct them back maybe to the church you go to. Or maybe somebody in the church that you know has a similar problem as maybe this individual does. Let me tell you something. God has strategically placed each and every single one of us in a place where we can share the good news. If not the good news, to bring encouragement to these individuals and, 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 and invite them back to church. Well, maybe you say, you know what? I have a job that doesn't let me talk about Jesus or religion and things. And there are those jobs. There are some jobs that are just like, look, you come here. We don't want you speaking about Jesus. We don't want you preaching and getting up and making a fuss. <laughs> don't get crazy. But... There's other things and other ways that you can share Jesus Christ. One of the ways me and my family do it, and we do this everywhere, we'll ask somebody, is there anything I can pray for you about? That right there is probably the, one of the biggest ways. It's, a, it's an ice breaker. Because even if they're saved or if they're not saved, they stop and they think about it. And they're like, you know what, uh, i just tell them, you got problems, man. You know, you need prayer. We all got problems. Let me tell you something. At first, they're going to look at you kind of funny, and then you'll be shocked where God puts you. The situation that God just put you in is exactly where he wanted you, exactly at the right time that he wanted you there. Some of the people may not say anything, 
But a lot of them, some break down and just start bawling. Now, you may not have the perfect words to say. And that's okay. But you can give them the hope that is in you. That's your perfect opportunity just to pray for them. Say, God, please, just help this individual. They're hurting. Let me tell you something. All of us hurt. We're in a world of hurt. Each and every single one of us. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how poor you are. We all have something that either that has either hurt us or that we're hurting. Youth, our youth. Man. I would not want to be a youth that is, is growing up right now. It is so hard on these individuals. Ask a young person, is there anything I can pray for you about? And you'll be shocked what they might just say. Like I said, I don't know how, I don't want to, I, I can sit here and go on and on and on and on. There's one thing I do want to say, though, uh, a ministry if God has laid a ministry, a specific ministry, now we can all share prayer, we can all pray for people, we can all uh, talk to people at work and things, but there's some people that God has laid a specific ministry into their hands. Something that he wants these individuals to do. It's a little bit more detailed. One of the pleasures me and my family have had is meeting people like this on the road. If you go look at that bulletin board back there, you'll see a man by the name of Joe Shortino. This man carries the cross all over the country. He'll go into a city, he'll pray over a city, he'll pray over a state, and he lives totally by faith. We met him in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He prayed over us, and it was shocking. It was moving. Some people may look at him and think, oh, he's just a radical you know, carrying the cross, he's just trying to get attention. And I've had that same thing said about us writing that Jesus journey on the truck. But let me tell you, it started conversations like you would not believe. We've seen people's faces go from sad to be like, I needed to see Jesus today. And they'll see it on the window of a truck. But there's people out there with specific ministries. We met a couple in Washington, D.C., staying at a national park that you're going to think this is kind of far-fetched, but they blow the shofar. You know what that is? That's your homework. Go see what the shofar is for. It is amazing. We had no idea. They blew it for me and my family. And there is a long story that goes with that. And if you have time, I encourage you to ask us later because... It's God revealing. It's how God shows up at certain times. But if God has put a specific ministry into your hands, I'm going to give you four things to do. For one, number one, you pray about it. You take the ministry he's, that he's laid into your heart and you soak it in prayer. You saturate it with prayer. After you've prayed about it for a while, then you line it up with God's word. And you say, does this line up with God's word? God is not going to tell you to go rob a whole bunch of banks and give the money to the poor. <laughs> He's just not going to tell you to do something illegal like that. I mean, he, it's, 
just not going to happen. <laughs> and there's people out there that they've done some stuff like that. But after you've lined it up with the Word of God, the third thing, take it to your pastor. Take it to the elders in, in the church and get counsel. Get spiritual counsel and say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeking spiritual counsel. That's what we did. Now, that's a different story, how ours wound up, because we were frowned on. But after you seek spiritual counsel, the fourth thing, step out in faith. And let God do the work. Step out in faith. Take the ministry after you've received confirmation, because God will give you confirmation. He has an awesome way of giving you confirmation. Step out in faith, and maybe it's something that requires money. Let me tell you something. We travel around the country with no money. See, for us, uh, money is not a factor. It's an excuse. In other words, it takes money to do what we do, right? But I could sit there at home and be like, you know what? We don't have the money to go uh, to the next town, so we're just not going to go. That's an excuse. But you see, if God is in it, he'll get you through it. You take that first step of faith. Because people, a lot of people have got stories wrong. Like Elijah being fed by the, the, the ravens. The story is, is that God told him to go to this river first. See, he said, I want you to do this. And when you get there, I'm going to give you the word. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you provision. But see, Elijah had to take the first step. The walls of Jericho. They were told to march around. For seven days, first day, the walls didn't come crumbling down, did they? No, they had to take action. The second day, the walls didn't crumble down either. Can you imagine being this leader of an army of thousands of men? And, they, and God tells you, okay, I want you to uh, march around this city for seven days, and I want you to sing songs of praise. And, I, and then, you know, can you imagine what they looked? Some of them probably looked at them like, what are you doing, man? We're, this is a fight. This is a battle. But on the seventh day, what happened? The walls came down, didn't they? If God gives you something to do, step out in faith. If it's from God, he's going to get you through it. He's going to make those doors open up for provision. For whatever you need. It could be money. It could be just, uh, I don't know. It could be anything. I knew I wasn't going to get to all five points. <laughs> well, look, there's a... Uh, some interesting people that we have met on the road. Church. What is church for? Church is here. You know, church is very important. There's people out there who say that church, uh, it's not necessary to worship, go to church to worship God. That's true. You can worship God anywhere. You don't have to do it just on Sundays. As a matter of fact, you should be doing that every day, to be honest with you. You should be, going to, you should be having church you and your wife, or you and your family at home. So what is church for? The Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 12, 12, that it says each one of us plays a role. Maybe I'm the foot, maybe you're the toe, maybe she's the eye. We all play a special role inside the church. The church is there to encourage us. The church is there for self-examination. We go to the church to get filled. We go to the church to get filled from the word of God. Who comes from the pastor. Who fills us up with, with this. And then we, what are we supposed to do? 
We take what we've been filled with and we take it outside these walls and we pour it and then we come back next Sunday and we get filled again. Church is a place of conviction. Sometimes you can go to church and you'll be convicted. It's a place of encouragement, conviction, uh, self-examination, a place to get filled. God has placed, he says, not to forsake the gathering of yourselves. If you think you're a person that can go out and do it outside of encouragement and support from others, well, then you're trying to do it on your own and not what God's way. There's no doubt about that. The church is there to encourage one another, and we should lift our pastors up and give them the time that they need to remain in his word. Our relationship with God in prayer, I'm going to just speed through all this. It is absolutely necessary for you to have a relationship with God. I'll, make, I'll cut it down to this. Have you ever met somebody who's lost a loved one, but somehow, some way, they just seem to have peace? It's because they have a good relationship with God. My wife told me a story about a lady who lost, how many kids? Three kids, all in a fire. Her words were, God, thank you for trusting me with this burden, right? This, this trial. Man, I don't know if I could do that. I, I, to be honest with you, I just, that's one thing. That is, that is hard. But you can see the relationship they have with the Father. They know his promises. It's so important to have that relationship with God the Father. That is so key. The pastor said that that day in the Bible study, the men's Bible study, and I was just floored because it's exactly right. It, you've got to have your spiritual relationship with God first and foremost to get through any trial. But how do you build that relationship with God? How do you get to know somebody? By spending time with them, right? It's the same way with God. Spend time with them right here. Let me tell you something. The Bible is an onion. It's an onion. You pull it back layer by layer. And the more you get involved in it, the more he just pours out into you and just reveals himself. It's amazing. And prayer. I, I said prayer for last because prayer is absolutely key. When we first got started on doing our ministry, we went to Colorado. We met a young man who seemed to have uh, a disability of some kind. He had a speech impediment, but I swear I was talking to the Holy Spirit because he prayed about everything constantly. We got to talking, and uh, he would, we wound up spending time together at the camp and until uh, 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning talking every single night. We'd be driving around in the car. It got to the point where he looked homeless, but he wasn't. It got to the point where he was hanging out with us a lot, and he would drive in the car with us, and he'd look at me and say, can we pray about a couple of things? And I was like, <laughs> I was like What's Justin, Dustin, if you want to pray, you go right ahead. I'm driving. <laughs> but this guy would pray. We'd catch him at the campsite standing in one spot for two to three hours straight. I can't do that. But he would be praying constantly. Now, it got to the point where he went with us when we went door to door. And we got a change of clothes for him. We went out and bought him a new shirt, new shoes, new pants. And we said, look, you have to be presentable because he was a big guy. 
Because when you knock on that door, if a lady comes to the door, you don't want to scare her away. She's not going to answer that door if you look homeless, you know? So we got to be presentable. Nothing flashy. Just, just don't want to scare somebody. This was awesome. He gets to the door, and he, not one speech impediment, he starts talking about the Bible, and I was just sitting there, and I was just, I was like, God, you're an awesome God. You're amazing. When this young man spoke about God, not one stutter, not one. It was, I was just floored. I was like, Dustin, I was like, you could be a Sunday school teacher. I was like, this is amazing. You, you, you just blow me away. But he would pray about everything, nonstop, everything. So in review, just real quick, and I don't know where my review sheet is. <laughs> the Bible, how important is it? It's absolutely important. It's God's word, God breathes. Our mission field is outside of these walls. We're to share it with others, everyone. Don't be scared. This is a good one. How many days of the year are there? 365. You know how many, day, how many times God said, do not fear in the Bible? 365. I think that was awesome. I was like, man, you, you told me not to fear every single day. The church. The church is there to be for us to get filled, to pour it into, to examine ourselves. Our relationship with God is absolutely key. Everything that we get is from Him and should be from Him. Prayer. Pray about everything. Anything and everything. And here's the story. We showed up here because we had no place to go. Our appointment in Maine canceled where I was supposed to preach. But that's okay because they switched it from July, from July to September. And then he said, you know what? It's just we, we got too much going on. But see, God has a way of things happening for a reason. When we left Lake Erie, we came to Rochester. We didn't have no place to go. I said, God, look, I'm praying. We didn't know we were coming to Rochester until an hour before we got here. I said, Aaron, we're going to Rochester. And after we prayed about it for a long time, he gave us peace. I was like, man, I feel good about coming to Rochester for some reason. We didn't have a church to go to. We didn't have a place to sleep. We had hardly any money to get here. For gas. We didn't have no camping set up. We pulled into a church parking lot on Thursday night, slept in that church parking lot. I slept on a cot so the kids and Aaron could sleep inside the truck with room. Zeke slept underneath the trailer, <laughs> which was awesome because we just camped out there in this church parking lot. We got up the Friday morning, uh, went down the road to a church, and they said, yeah, you can stay behind our church and uh, just until Monday, though, because we got VBS coming and, and uh, you need to get out. And uh, God already had a plan, though. Your pastor saw us, our truck, in the, in the Walmart truck parking lot, Walmart parking lot at Walmart. He gives us an email. And this was Friday or Saturday. And he goes, uh, what's your plans? Where, where are you all staying? What are you doing? And he talked for a minute. And I said, well, we're trying to find a church to get plugged into because we need a church to get plugged into. And about two weeks of time to camp somewhere because we need to get reorganized and uh, see, count, you know, get, let God work. So he goes, you know what, come by the church, I'm going to show you something. So we get here, he goes, he asked again, you know, what are we doing? And I said, well, we're looking for a place to camp. He goes, look back there. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> oh, he was that simple, you know? 
And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome, man. And he goes, we got a shower trailer right there. I was like, oh, this is getting better, you know? Because we have a portable shower. We take showers, okay? We have a portable shower. But a shower trailer was nice. It was nice. And then we had an electrical hookup. We got a generator, too, if you don't have power. We go out in the desert and, and preach if we have to. But he said, you know, look, I got all these things here. He says, we have another missions team here. They're leaving on uh, Thursday. And uh, Thursday came around. He was like, well, why don't you come inside, you know, and stay, you know, in the basement like they were. And so we're like, yeah, that sounds good. You know, get out of the rain and, you know. We had that thing down. We got our camping situation down perfect. This is God. This is how God works. We get, we get good at camping, man. I mean, we're pros. You, you ask us, what do you need to do when you go camping? You ask us. We, we got the answer. You know, we got it all figured out. And this is how good, God, how good God is. I told Aaron Thursday, I said, look. I said, you know, wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we just <clears throat> didn't have to tear that campsite down and we just left it there and they could put up a sign saying Jesus' journey was here? <laughs> uh, that day was full of blessings. <clears throat> when we first started doing this, we used to pray about <clears throat> God providing a bus or an RV or a trailer or something for us while we're on the road. And of course, God wants to see if you're going to remain faithful, right? He wants to see if you're going to do what he says. You know? We get a phone call from a gentleman that saw us in the Walmart parking lot <laughs> who, a stranger, filled our gas tank that day because we were out. We just, we've never had to hold up a sign. Our gas tank was going out, but he just happened to drive by, and he said, can I bless you with some gas? Well, a few days later, there's more stories. i got to keep it small. <clears throat> he calls us Thursday, this Thursday, and he says, look, I've been thinking about you and your family. God's put you on my heart. I want to buy you an RV, a motorhome. And I was, like, I was like, first I was like, did he just, you know, I was like, sir, I, I'm not sure what you just said, but something about a motorhome, and so are you saying you want to buy us an RV? He was like, yeah, I'll buy you an RV. So we're in the process of looking at RVs, but here's what's cool. This is what's awesome. This is our God in action. Your pastor, I'm not sure what day he wrote this. That morning? That morning? We did not know, but he, I guess it was on Facebook or something, he had made a message saying, we know a family who's in need of a trailer. Maybe you know somebody who has one or an RV that God can, that God will move you to give to them. When I told him what that man said, he just came out of his skin. He was like, I was like, oh, like, what's wrong with that's a big guy to be jumping that high. You know, I thought I was big. <laughs> no, but he just, yes, praise God. Yes. Yes. He was like that. So, <laughs> this guy, he goes out and he's rallying up more support. He's getting things in motion. 
I don't know how God, you know, if, if it doesn't happen, it's okay, because God has given us every indication that it will happen. If not here, if everything just falls apart, it doesn't matter, because God is showing us that he's got a plan for us and our family. But he's, he's over here drumming up, all, he's doing all kinds of stuff. I don't know what he's got planned, but uh, your, your pastor, uh, it, power of prayer, let me tell you something. We've seen money blowing the wind. We've seen people get healed. Whoever tells you God doesn't do that anymore, it's a lie. We've seen God answer prayers like you wouldn't believe. You need to get that relationship with God. And you need to share it with everyone. Our God is very much alive. Very much. And he loves you. He loves us. Share it with everybody. Give it to everybody. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it.